Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November 4th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. tech companies are laying off workers. The Bank of England raised rates, but it's not taking all of its cues from the Federal Reserve. And Germany is reconsidering its relationship with China. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Tech stocks have been tumbling, and now jobs are going. Ride-hailing service Lyft yesterday said it's laying off 13% of its workforce. Also yesterday, the CEO of Stripe said his company had overhired for the world we're in. The payment processor will cut 14% of its workforce. Amazon also said it would pause new hires. These layoffs are part of tech companies' efforts to cut costs as consumers pull back on spending. This morning, we'll get the latest reading on the broader U.S. job market. Job growth is expected to have cooled for a third consecutive month, a sign that the Federal Reserve's rate increases are having their intended effect. The Bank of England raised interest rates yesterday by 75 basis points. It's the BOE's highest rate rise in 30 years. But the central bank also signaled it won't raise rates much higher. The really funny thing, in a way, is the market reaction, right? Our markets editor, Katie Martin, says usually when rates go up, people buy the currency. The market gods say no. Sterling fell like 2%. And the, the reason for that is, you know... Markets are all about where reality and expectations meet. And what the uh, Bank of England said in in the press conference after the the move-in rates was, we're probably going to end up raising interest rates less than the market has priced. So, you know, the the market thinks that that rates are going to get to sort of, you know, say 5% or thereabouts. We think it's going to come in less than that. This is so stupid darkly different than what we heard from the Federal Reserve just a day earlier on Wednesday when you know Jerome Powell came out and said that the interest rate rises will be more gradual on a meeting by meeting basis but the ultimate place where they end up is going to be higher than they initially thought and the Bank of England is saying pretty much just the opposite like the, we're we're topping out basically right around here so one of the limitations on, on the Bank of England, one of the reasons why it can't necessarily slam on the brakes as hard as the Fed is because it knows that there are so many mortgages out there. There are so many households that have got these relatively short-term mortgages that we have in this country that every time a household has to renew it, it sets a new interest rate. And that links back to government bond yields and it links back to benchmark interest rates. Two million mortgages are going to get rolled over like that by the end of 2023. We all know, the Bank of England knows, the Treasury knows, everybody knows that there's going to be real pain on household finances if mortgage rates really shoot to the moon. So in the background, we have this bubbling along. We know that the Bank of England can't necessarily be as aggressive as it might otherwise like to be. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Russia this week said it will rejoin a deal to allow Ukraine to export its grain. A few days earlier, Moscow said it would quit the deal, alleging Kyiv had attacked its naval fleet in the Black Sea. Our defense and security correspondent J.P. Rathbone says Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, helped Moscow get back on board. But on the ground, nothing really changed. 
Erdogan called Putin and apparently made it clear that Turkey had all the leverage. So the grain deal never actually stopped because the ships kept on going anyway. And Russia was sort of worried that Turkey would join the Western sanctions and sell more drones to Ukraine and generally cause more headaches for Russia in other conflicts where they back the other side in Armenia and Libya and Syria. So it looks as though Russia's bluff was called. Also, JP says Russia doesn't have the military power in the Black Sea it used to. So it's harder for it to board grain ships, I mean, because its naval vessels will then be at risk of attack from the coastline, from Ukrainians on the coast. Ukraine doesn't really have much of a navy, it just has some patrol boats. But it has got quite a long reach with land-to-sea missiles. So the ability of the Russian navy to control the Black Sea is much diminished. It's not gone, but it's much diminished. That's the FT's J.P. Rathbone. Today, Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz is in China. He's the first G7 leader to hold talks with President Xi Jinping since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. His trip to Beijing won't be easy. Political and business tensions have soured Germany's relationship with its largest trade partner. The FT's Europe-China correspondent, Yuan Yang, joins me now to talk more about this. Hey, Yuan. Hi, Mike. Yuan, you've been writing about German businesses falling out of love with China. Why has that happened? Yeah, so it's funny because the phrase, you know, falling out of love comes from um, a quote from uh, the head of the European Chamber of Commerce in Beijing. And when he, Jörg Wutke, uh, talks about the kind of lost love affair, particularly for small and medium-sized businesses, the kind of famous German Mittelstand, as we call it, those businesses, I think, had a lot of hope and expectation for their trading opportunities in China. And there was a huge amount of benefit for both sides. And over the last few years, particularly, I would say since uh, 2015 and to an an even greater extent since the COVID lockdowns of the last few years in China, it's been very difficult for them to do business in China. And that's partly short term as a result of the COVID disruptions and the disruptions of their supply chains business people in Germany not being able to visit their clients in China and keep up those relationships and losing ground to Chinese competitors, either because those competitors have overtaken the German companies who used to be major suppliers, but also because of what the German companies would consider foul play, allegations of IP theft, of unfair subsidies from from the state to its state-owned enterprises, meaning that it's an uneven playing field for them. What about the big German companies? We're talking Volkswagen, BASF, the, the country's other global giants. How are they managing their businesses in China? Are, are they getting frustrated too? Look, the concerns that we're talking about, a lot of those are much more painful for small and medium-sized companies than for the big giants who already have hundreds of staff in China. The risks of you know, sanctions, even in the, in the case of an uh, invasion of Taiwan, are distant enough that for companies that are making a huge amount of their revenues in China, as the German chemicals and automotive giants are, it's not going to be enough of a reason for them to pull back from their biggest market by far, where profits are still high. The era of easy profits for German companies has gone, but right now there is still a tremendous growth opportunity for them in China. Does Schultz have support from his coalition government on, on how to deal with China? There's a lot of division within the German coalition government right now on Olaf Scholz's approach to China. Certainly the uh, the Green Party 
controlled foreign and economic ministries, I think, are generally more concerned and more cautious, more hawkish about China than Schultz himself. And we've seen that kind of inter-party dispute play out over the decision to permit the Chinese ship building and port company Costco for acquiring a minority stake in the port of Hamburg terminal. And just to clarify, six German ministers opposed that deal, but Schultz helped get it through. So what does it mean to not have the full backing of his coalition government? That's a real concern for Schultz is how he messages his trip domestically. There's a real concern that it's seen too much to be playing to the favor of the Chinese government. And on the other hand, Schultz himself is probably thinking to January when the China strategy of his government is going to be published. And the overall result of that strategy is going to be presenting a lot more of a of a cautious and in some ways kind of hawkish view on China. And so it's important, I think, for Schultz in his own mind to build some some of a relationship with the Chinese government before that strategy is released. Yuan Yang is the FT's Europe-China correspondent. Thanks, Yuan. Thank you. Before we go, one final reminder that if you're hooked on the FT Weekend podcast, you won't find the show on our podcast feed anymore. Our weekend friends are now only on their own feed. And there's a brand new episode out today. So you can go subscribe to that with the link that we have in our show notes. Now, the FT News Briefing feed will have something tomorrow, a special episode. We've put our entire U.S. midterm election series in one show. In case you missed any of the episodes, make sure you check it out on Saturday. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Bromley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.